was it you, RJ? Yeah, we were listening to Kenny and Heilprin last night. Uh, they're live at Monks and Sun Prairie. Yeah. Great Wisconsin uh, football show. You can check out the podcast as well. It's wherever podcasts are podcasted from. And you had asked Ben off air or Zach off air. Oh, yeah, Ben, how many players transfer this season? In season transfers. Over under of eight. Yeah, was it eight? Because that's, isn't that what it was in season last year? I think so. I think you got to chalk up at least a few just because that happens every year. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then do you think they get, I guess, to your number, do you think they get to five that want to leave the program because of the changing in coaching? Well, there are two right now. And you have, what, 30? Like, I don't, is that a real rule? Everybody's throwing that out there. 30 days after a coach is fired, you can transfer. Like, huh? I don't, I, I've never heard that. I've never heard it either. Like, I tried looking it up, couldn't find anything. Uh, but ever like everybody I see is throwing it out there, so maybe it, maybe it's a thing. Um, what? Just, but I mean, really, we only saw. I don't think that I. I don't think as many we're, people. We're would, at one right now. Oh, well, there's two. <laughs> no, he's in the transfer portal. Logan Brown is. Yeah, but he got thrown off the team. So yeah, I know, but he's still in the transfer portal. He. Did not choose to transfer. Yeah, Jimmy Leonard's like, uh, it was not a choice. Yeah. I think you could argue you that. You can't count that one. Logan Brown and Deacon I'm Hill. I'm counting it. Actually not losses. They're just open roster spots now. Yeah. I'm counting and it. And scholarships. Exactly. Gotta get it's, that scholarship. It's time to get in the portal and start looking for players. But anyways, I I don't really think as many people. <laughs> right here. Sorry. Real quick, Roddy. Real quick. Sorry. On sportsillustrated.com. When a head coach is fired or leaves. Current players have a 30-day window to enter the transfer portal. The move potentially gives them a leg up on finding a new home as the rest of the country has to wait until the transfer window opens after the championship game at the end of the season. So I guess Deacon Hill struck while the iron was hot, and Logan Brown is like, yeah, you're done. But in 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 the new... Frame of things. Why is it even a rule anymore? I don't know. You can leave whenever you want now. Now you got kids sitting out like instead of bowl games, like eh, I'm just sitting up until the transfer portal opens. Yeah, Rowdy. Sorry, what you're gonna say? No, I, I just don't think you're gonna see as many kids transfer due to the change in coaching staff. Like for the most part, you would imagine that if they do bring back Jim Leonard, like I don't think anyone is. I don't think I should rephrase this. I don't think that they will have the same number of kids transfer. I think it'll be less. If they go ahead and hire Jim Leonard, take the interim tag off because it was a guy that's been here. What? Since 2017, all of those kids have been in the program the entire time that Jim Leonard has been into the program. Half of those kids were on defense that played for Jim Leonard, probably came here because of Jim Leonard and or like Jim Leonard. Now, if they go with like a, another coach, say they did bring in like a Lance Leopold or somebody like that, then I could see a lot of people leaving because that's not their coach. <laughs> that's not, or they're not his players. I think a lot more stay if Jim Leonard, because I also think that that staff, there'll be changes, but not as many maybe as you would think. Do you think, do you, do you guys get nervous that a Braylon Allen could leave for the transfer portal? That one, I think you just have to hire a running backs coach that he'll like. You think so? Yeah. Rowdy? I honestly, I don't think he leaves. He's a kid from the state of Wisconsin that talked about playing at Wisconsin and Melvin Gordon being his favorite player and this and that. I don't think so. If he does, we got got open tree outs. (laughs) 
Come, come to the tree outs. <laughs> then he's just another guy in the way. Will you if teach he does. me to football? <laughs> he's just another guy in the way. So Wisconsin, Michigan State uh, coming up here on Saturday. Speaking of transfers, uh, Jalen Berger. He's with Michigan State. We were yeah. talking about Braylon Allen saying, "Oh, he's, he's not facing him." He's looking like a Heisman Trophy winner the first two weeks. Let's say Berger's probably going to have that fu energy coming in, but he expects Wisconsin just to stop him, just to shut him down. Have we found a over under on yards yet? Yeah, you got, I can go look. Yeah, go go see if you can dig one up because we have Nikia Watson, former Badger, now with Washington State. He did not hit. It is Friday over. now. Better shot at it yes, being up the did, day before. Correct. He did not hit that, but he scored two touchdowns. Correct. Did you think he was? <laughs> well, he took the. I, other. Did, I didn't think he was going to score two touchdowns. To go, what was his number? Thirty-four, 34 and a half. half. Yeah. For a guy like that, he's going to need at least eighteen carries. Yeah, Nikia. God, <laughs> Nikia He doesn't average much more than two yards a carry. So. Uh, Jalen Berger, that's what you got a little going on in there. But Michigan State's been uh, decimated with injury. They have not had a win in the Big Ten. Only them and Rutgers are winless in conference play. Uh, that's pretty oh, tough. Oh, they that, are up. Oh, That could come down to... Uh, oh, they do not have a Jalen Berger no. rushing prop. Only Braylon Allen is the rushing prop up right oh, what's now. What's that one? Over under 117 and a half. Wow. I mean, Michigan State's given up a lot more passing yards than they are. Let's look at receiving yards. props. Skylar Bell over under thirty five and a half receiving yards. Chimray DK over under sixty two and a half receiving yards. I think there's a lot of hard. I think there's a lot of value on Skylar Bell. I think there's a lot of value on Chimray DK. Do yeah, they, but think about what's what is the most recent thing you saw? Chimray DK having a huge game. True. But that secondary. <laughs> Who's been the most consistent receiver on the Wisconsin Badgers this season? I think it's I think it's Skyler Bell, and his is right. half the number time, of his what Jim Ray DK is. Same time to eat. Do they have an over under on how many times the Wildcat is used tomorrow? Wow! Hold on, let me let me scroll over and see if they have a tab called stupid miscellaneous bets. Yeah, please. Do they have that? Oh, <laughs> no. here it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who will have a better winning percentage by the end of the season, the Packers or the Badgers? The Packers. I think. You think? I mean, if they make the playoffs, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Do you think or do you know? I think, I think I'm with bit. RJ, though. I think I'm going to go with the Packers. Yeah, just I because so. I know that the Wisconsin Badgers were a team that, well, we had we had higher hopes for what they have played so far. But still, you think about it. This is a team that the Vegas line had them at eight and a half wins. What's the line? If I remember correctly... Vegas had the Green Bay Packers at 10 and a half, 11. I think yeah. it was 10 yeah. and a half. And now I know that they play 17 games. Badgers play 12, but still, I I think a lot of people would be on the over for the Green Bay Packers at 10 and a half, 11. And I think a lot of people were, well, let's just say at best mixed result with the Badgers at eight and a half. Yeah. That number was really close, right? Rowdy is like something you didn't really want to touch. Cause like, well, what is this team? Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Badgers, uh, we'll get the again the comments from Jim Leonard. I brought this up to RJ yesterday, and Ben Ben Kenny, one young Ben Kenny, um, I think it was earlier this week. He said the identity of the Badgers, and because we were talking about how you know Paul Chris and the offense was struggling, they fire him, and all of a sudden, what do we see happening for the Badgers' offense last game against Northwestern? It was like all the things Paul Chris was doing. When they were successful, right, Rowdy? I mean, weren't we talking about that? Pretty much. Yeah. Looked like the old offense that the Badgers used to run from about 2015 
till 2019 when uh, Paul Christ was the head coach here. What happened? No idea. Paul Christ got fired. All of a sudden, they're running again. Bobby Ingram does have a little pistol. Thought there was a little wildcat in there. All right. Wow. Uh, and then Ben described the Badgers' uh, identity as a throwing, a, a team that throws the football. That's just not true. Like, I'm like, well, we all know the identity of the Badgers is, is a run team, right? And there was 30 pass attempts to 38 rushing attempts. Well, then I saw this stat. And I'm like, well, maybe Ben was on to something or not. I don't know. So when Ches Malusi caught that wildcat pass from wow. Raylan Allen here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Marcus Allen also caught his first touchdown pass as a Badger in the win over Northwestern. Eight different Badgers have now caught touchdowns, which is the most for Wisconsin since eight players caught tutties in 2018. Wisconsin has never had nine different players catch touchdowns in a single season. Do you think they could p- possibly do that? Coming up here that as long as Barry Alvarez lives and breathes, <laughs> that the Wisconsin Badgers will ever be known for anything other than being a run-first team with big offensive linemen, good running backs, and then playing solid defense? Uh, they passed on first down 31% of the time on uh, last Saturday. Just saying. Just saying. So it turns out we're actually going to change to the air raid shortly. <laughs> Correct. Graham Mertz. Happening. Is Graham You're Mertz the way the, the transformation? Go? Well, when you see the stat, though, eight different badges and now caught touchdown passes, the most since 2018, and no team has ever in a single season caught nine. Are they more gearing towards the pass, or is it just like, well, look who they were playing against? Northwestern, before that, they scored a bunch of touchdowns against yeah. New yeah. Mexico I mean, State. And Illinois State, who's yeah. FCS. You're You're going up against some teams that... Um, more conducive to you having better talent, and you're going to be able to pass on. Yeah. Uh, well, because they know what you're going to do. They're going to run the football, right. so they stack it. But like we we were talking about it Monday. Had this Northwestern game plan been used against Washington State and Illinois, you probably win both. Those well, I think there's something to be said that. The Wisconsin Badgers' identity for 30 years has been run the football with good running backs, Mm -hmm. big offensive linemen that probably go to the NFL, and then you play solid defense. Mm -hmm. That's been your identity for 30 years. Just because this season it it might actually make your team better if you do throw the football a little bit more because the offensive line maybe hasn't been as physical at times or as physical as you'd like or as good as you like. And you haven't been able to run maybe the way you have, but you also have to remember you're looking, look at some of the teams that they played that they tried to do this to Washington state has actually been proven to be a better run team or a better defensive run stopping team than what people anticipated at the beginning of the year. Ohio state's defense is way better than what anyone thought that they would be at the beginning of the year. And those were you still had Braylon Allen having big games. Illinois' defense is much better than what anyone thought it would be this year. But just because you're going to throw earlier, like on first downs, or maybe throw a titch more to help open up your run does game, it make you a run. does that change your identity of being a run-first team for 30 years? No, you just want to open up your run game a little more. Exactly. Yeah. And then this could even be if on a game-by-game basis. Like, look at who the Badgers play. They play Michigan State this week. They have so many injuries on defense and a lot of it in the secondary. Ding, ding, ding. Might want to throw the football. I don't know. Might want to throw the football in this one. But then say you go and play Iowa and say Iowa's their secondary is really good. A lot of ball hawks out there. 
Maybe their linebackers are a little weak this year. Maybe you're going to want to run the football and then open it up to pass. I don't think this team is 100% a throwing team now because you you put it on Northwestern. It's freaking Northwestern. Plus, you look at what they did against Northwestern. They passed to open up that run. It, it's not like, hey, we passed a lot, and then the run came in in the second half. I mean, that's what happened. But, I mean, they passed a lot, ran a lot, passed a lot. Well, think and- about being a, a team that you think your identity is a pass-first team or, or throwing the football more. Purdue. You would say that if you were going to say Great that as a Wisconsin fan, wouldn't you say, well, Chimray DK is your, the kid that's arguably been your best wide receiver since he stepped foot on the field in 2020. Mm-hmm. Then you have Skylar Bell that emerged in that bowl game in Vegas last winter. Don't forget yep. the one-handed catch in practice. We have, we have not, we have not really heard of Marcus Allen at all this year. And he flashed in that yeah. Vegas bowl. So I, I would say that that's kind of a step back in the passing game that yeah. Marcus Allen, one of your young guys hasn't, come forward and, and done more. But then how about uh, Cundiff? He was supposed to be your one solid tight end coming back. He's injured. He's not there. No, yeah. He's hurt. He hurt. So he, now you're, you're, you're telling me that even after out of the four top targets that you thought you would have coming in at the wide receiver or I guess pass catcher position yeah. are now down or not performing. Now all of a sudden you think you're, you're a, a passing, passing team. team. You're a I don't team. believe that. The identity of the Badgers is run. They're passing team. Let's go to the phones. Uh, <laughs> good morning. Line four. Wisco Chad, is that you? Who is this? Uh, no, this is Daniel. And Man, Madison. you're on that line four. I got to get. I got to get. Yeah, now Daniel and Wisco Chad are both on line four. Hey, I promise you this, wow. Daniel. I will do better knowing that line four is not designated for only Wisco Chad. <laughs> What's up, dude? I, uh, yeah, you know, not much. I've just been listening on this little uh, badger discussion, and they're near and dear to my heart, so. Hey, um, I think last time you called in, you said if they lost to Northwestern, you wouldn't ever watch again. They won, yeah, so you must be watching. I did. <laughs> I, well, you know, and I say that because every time I think I have them figured out, they just do the exact opposite <laughs> yeah, of what I think. They keep pulling they keep me back pulling in. Pulling me back in. Um, but, you know, uh, obviously they looked great against Northwestern, which is what they're supposed to do, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's you want to talk about a Badger identity? It's not running the football or having big offensive linemen or Barry Alvarez running everything. Um, it's they beat up on the bad teams that they're supposed to, and they get walloped by the good teams that they're not <laughs> supposed to beat, and then they go to a middling or sometimes New Year's Six Bowl if they're lucky, right? <laughs> That's their identity. <laughs> their identity is to disappoint me year in and year out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, you're, I mean, you're right. That. I mean, you're, uh, I, that's what they are. I, I and I didn't say that they disappoint you every year, but it's like, you know, you're gonna you you, you go into the season thinking, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bed this ten, and then it turns out she's actually a five when you actually see her. You know, I believe that's called being catfished. I think it's called beer goggles. <laughs> that's there too. Which I put those I on a lot on Badger Saturdays. Uh, well, it's just, to, watch, you know, to, to watch the Badgers. To watch the Badgers. To watch the Badgers, and you go, you, you really do go in every season with the expectation, because for whatever reason we have it ingrained in our Wisconsin brains that every team we have has championship potential. Where let's be real, it probably doesn't, but you have that belief going into the season every single year 
When did you feel every, it the most, Daniel? When did, sorry to interrupt you. When did you feel it the most? Like 2018, going into 2018? See, like the Wisconsin was on the ascension. Like they were going up. Like you could feel it, right? Dude, like we, Alex Horny. Yeah. I had a Horny for Heisman sign that, like, I was in I was in school downtown at the time. So I had that, and we had it up in our house. Uh, oh, dude, and, I was in it, too. I had the hashtag honk if you're horny, Brooke. <laughs> but, like, you know. Obviously, that didn't really amount to anything. No. And then he didn't do anything with that senior year. And then we were all excited about Graham Mertz and then completely disregarded Jack Cohn. Yeah. It turns out that was kind of a mistake. And then, you know, and then here we are three years later. Coach is gone. <laughs> <laughs> you, we, we lack an identity. Can't run the ball. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's we're. Uh, well, hey, how, how about this? Packers are going to beat the Jets on Sunday? No. No, oh, Daniel, go! I get I said they would. I said they were going to destroy the Giants last week. Oh, I yeah, you did. I agree. Board. Yes, I, t- I thought the same thing. <laughs> well, you're, all right, you're doing reverse psychology today. I get it. I understand. Reverse yeah. psychology, yeah. Daniel, have a good weekend, brother. We love you. Uh, Jimothy Leonard on the podium yesterday. Logan Brown See it. entered the transfer portal. Sure he did. We're like, all right, I came out of nowhere. Yeah, and then we talked about it he like he it. had just voluntarily entered the transfer portal. Instead, yesterday morning or Wednesday night. Instead, Jimothy Leonard said this. This week came about in a completely different circumstance and situation. And the reality of what happened is that there was an internal incident here within the program. And Logan Brown was dismissed from the program. It was not a choice. He was dismissed from our program. <laughs> I was just like, it was not a choice. Not a choice. Over it there. was. It was not a choice. I think this actually means something more than just Logan Brown is gone to me, and I think that the reason why is Jim Leonard is the interim head coach, correct? Mm-hmm. Normally, especially at the, I don't know for sure with the college football level, but normally at the NFL level, if you have an interim head coach. He doesn't get to come in here and say, well, the DC's fired or the OC's fired. It's just kind of like maintaining. Yeah, you basically just are there to babysit the rest of the season. Maybe it's a job interview. Like some people think this one is. Others think that he's supposed to be the guy. I think when you come in and say, hey, something like this happened, even if it's... I think if if there's physical violence. Well, think about this. A lot of of times we talk about NFL... um, Joint Meyer pra- kicked the guy yeah. in the ass. Joint practices. Uh, hamstring. Sorry, kicker. Well, you talk yeah. about NFL joint practices. They they get they in scuffs. Those. You talked about when you start uh, doing the summer practices before fall or before oh, fall. Yeah. You get in. You get into scrums. The, I think. I think. Well, from what I'm hearing, he struck another he, player. He sucker he, punched him. I think so he like, knocked dude him out. Wasn't looking. What? <laughs> Well, and I still like, think yeah. it means Blah. something that you have a guy that is quote unquote an interim head coach coming in and instantly saying, even if it was something that was from off the field or a sucker punch or whatever. Well, I don't think you just go up and knock someone out for no reason. Like. I understand that, but getting kicked <laughs> off the team for it. Well, here's and, and and by an interim head coach, I think that means something. AKA, uh, oh, I, I know if a lot Chris of people was head thought coach it. if he would still done it. Probably. I know a lot of people thought that Jim Leonard would be the next guy in line. I think this just helps validate that he's more that he is going to be the next guy in line, especially I when think you, just, you kick a kid off. You look at Nebraska. I mean, their interim head coach fired their D.C. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it happens a lot more than we think. I just think we haven't dealt with it. All right, well, how about this? So the Milwaukee Journal Center reported that Brown struck another player. We were, we were doing a little digging last night. Yeah. That he sucker punched like, a, a freshman? Yeah, sucker punched a freshman D lineman. No, I don't and, know like, that for a fact or not. We just I don't either. We That's, just saw some rumblings. That that and it was from more than one person. So here's Leonard declined to offer specifics, but here he is. Uh, not really at this time. Um, fortunate incident. At, at this point, it's more of a family matter we had to deal with internally. Good and show. as time comes, there might be more to say. So I guess that's the the revealing process has to play itself out here. Yeah, but. <laughs> But I mean, not coming out uh, like it, you can't it, be going knocking one of your players over. It was more than just like a frustration boiling over camp fight. You usually don't see punches thrown there. It's like guys grabbing each other's face masks, wrestling around, and like yelling at each other. Not coming that, up. That, and those are the fights I've experienced. Sucker punching <laughs> someone, and yeah, and people just let him let him breathe, let him breathe, let the boy watch. <laughs> All right, Dave Essler coming up. Uh, first line one. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, Mike and Madison. Hey, Mike. What's up, brother? Mike, 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 Jim Mike, 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 Mike. putting the hammer down, man. After said, Logan Brown put the hammer down on someone else. <laughs> well, I heard that too. Yeah, but Jim <laughs> Leonard says, no, we're not taking any of this. He's gone. Yeah, I love it. Power move. Power move. 100%. My it makes him look like It makes him look like the man. Jimmy is the man, right? That's what we all he perceive is, him He is be. the man, but we all believe that right now, so let's roll with it. I think that it's good. All right, Mike, so let me ask you. Mike, 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 Mike. Mike Saturday. Mike. Does Jimmy Leonard remain the man against Michigan State? I do, yeah. Uh, at least touchdown. What's the spread, Rowdy? Seven. seven and a half. All right, Mike. Seven I can I can dig it. How'd you feel about that win against Northwestern? Was it feeling pretty good? Um, and I was feeling good watching it. Yeah, for sure. Man. What about when you saw uh, Wildcat? Were you pumped like I was? <laughs> I don't know if I was pumped like you were. Wow. I got up. I got up from my couch and started a, a standing ovation to the TV. It was. It was a great game. Um, there was Even for the one that went for zero yards. Um, so. <laughs> what do we think about the pack, my friend? Uh, that's why I haven't called in this whole week because I didn't want to, you know, cuss on the air. So I was. Hey, I got a dumb button. Yeah, I know, but that's you know, it's not my style. So true. Uh, Rowdy said the F word one time on air. I saw yeah, it. I believe it. I believe it. That's the negativeness coming out. Well, it was about the Brewers. It probably was, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> was that last year, Rowdy? Yeah, it was. So, Mike, you won't swear, but how do you feel about the Packers? Packers this week, I mean, I, your last caller. You know, I, th- I think that I think we'll get a win, but I'm, I'm worried about them. Man, you don't really sound very am, confident at all. <laughs> they're really one-dimensional, man. They really need to start, you know, maybe throwing the football well. I don't, I don't know what Aaron's deal is right now. I know he's dealing with a lot of young guys. Um um, and some BS maybe, you know, but throw the football better. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> How about this? Good How about job. Matt LaFleur run the football a little more in the second half? I agree. And maybe it makes some better play calls on third and two. You know, I mean, I think that, I think that he needs to understand that he's got maybe the best running back duo in the NFL, but he needs to utilize them in the proper way. Like, are we dumb? Because we see it on the TV, right? It's like, it seems like the answer is so obvious. And then LaFleur, who's the head coach of this team, doesn't. Are we, are we the one that's dumb, or is, like, is LaFleur the dumb one here? You know, well, I, that's hard to say because, I mean, I, I, was, <laughs> I always say, I always say uh, you know, I, uh, my, my regular line of work, I'm a firefighter. So if I, if, if I uh, can, be, can be a firefighter and tell you what to do on third and two and you make you know, $7 million a year and you don't know what to do on third and two, 
I would say he's the idiot, right? Like, let me ask you, like, let's say the building's on fire and there's someone in it. Wouldn't you run in to go get the person as a firefighter? Yeah. I think Matt LaFleur, you could, like, recognize that, right? Like, that's not yeah. – so I, I don't know Matt, how you, why hell you can't recognize why can't you just run the football in the second half. Yeah, but right now, the way I look it's at Matt – stressful Matt than a off, fire. Matt would get off the truck and be like, oh, well, if there's someone inside, like, you know – He'd throw some water at it. Yeah, let's get a bucket first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you got a freaking fire truck right there that'll pump, <laughs> that'll pump 150 PSI and you want to go get a bucket. Like, that's how I feel about him right now. So, yeah, yeah I guess to answer your question, he's the dumb one right now. There it is, Mike. We love you, buddy. Nice hearing from you. Hey, man, have a good one. <laughs> See you, Mike. <laughs> See you. There we go. We can figure it out. Uh, one more before Dave Vessler. Good morning. Who's this? Dave from Monona. I'm just sitting here, RJ, you, I think you were around then. This is such hilarious. Jim Leonard gets rid of Brown because he cheap shot of somebody. Yeah. For those, for those who were around back when I run, when Ron Dane cheap shot at Pat Daly and ended his career, and Elrez yeah. didn't do a damn thing in program. <laughs> okay, yeah. That, yeah that, that's Ron yeah, Dane. That, yeah, that little bit different situation there. But, yeah, you are right. Uh, he did cold calcum and, I believe, fractured his occipital bone. Yep. Ron yeah. It's funny, how, it's funny how I knew that because uh, I sat at the lawyer's office in the next room and I heard the whole deposition. <laughs> what the hell were you doing there, Dave? Well, that's because I was suing. I was suing another company. I, <laughs> I, I sat in the office, and the guy came back in, and I'm going, "That's Dane and Daly." Huh? I go, "I wonder if that'll ever hit the media." You know, it, it did like later. That. Yeah, later. But so, no, Dave, do you whole- think that that means something that Jim Leonard, who's an interim, can come in and, and just goes, "All right, he's off the team now." I feel like that's well, something a concrete okay. head coach does. There's more to it than just that. So something else is going on. He, you know, if that would have been Graham Mertz or Allen in a one-time cheap shot, he wouldn't have been. He would have been suspended for a game. And I'll, I'll be curious to see what what else happened behind the scenes. But now that just brought back memories of that's Ron funny, Dave. Good job. Ron <laughs> Dane was glorified. Rowdy, how much is, is it to air one of those games again? Paid about seventy-eight million dollars per Thursday night game. Woo! That's a big number. This other guy right here, he knows a lot about big numbers. Our game of the stars, Dave Esler. Dave, what's up, dude? Uh, nothing, but Jeff's not laughing at me. I didn't see one play of that game. <laughs> you got his ass, Dave. Well done. Yeah. No, I still pay for Amazon Prime. I just, I just chose not to watch. <laughs> Dave, did you uh, have any bets in that game last night? Like the the over-under was, was at 37 and a half, 38? Yeah, somewhere yeah, in there. No, I, I did not. I probably would have taken Washington just based on betting against the Bears. Yeah. yeah I mean, Dave, actually, I have a question for you right out of the gate. Oh, so yeah. um, we have a listener. He's a Bear fan, and he was spouting off at the beginning of the season saying that they could easily win eight or nine games, and he could definitely see it. They'll be more competitive than what we think. Kind of laughed at him, said, LOL, look at your roster. And then and I even was nice to him and said, let's go with seven. I don't want to take your money at eight or nice nine. And I'm looking at it now. I don't know if the Bears get to five wins. I think five would be a, a nice season for what I see right now. Well, you might be right. It starts with QB1. I mean, you know, I just actually tweeted at Evo because I heard some of that conversation, and Justin Fields has as many completions as Cooper Cup has receptions, so you, know, you don't really need to go much further than that. I mean, he's they need another quarterback. He's not a drop-back quarterback. You leave him in the pocket, um, Bad things are going to happen. Mm. They they either need to to change the the, the offensive schemes that fit his uh, strengths, or 
uh, get another quarterback. I mean, if I was a Bears fan, I would I would be concerned about multiple rebuilding years in the future. <laughs> Dave, I want to play to your strengths, and that's you know the the gambler, the stars that you are, the best in the world to ever do it, nay, the galaxy to do it. Dave, speaking of the NFL, can you give us a little juicy nugget uh, for the Shield? What, what, what are uh, we looking at here? A juicy nugget, you know. I actually sent my notes to Rowdy earlier Uh-oh. in the week. Um, because he wanted to bet the Browns, and I actually like New England. Um, you know, I could. Yeah, the Browns have two wins. They beat the Panthers uh, in Week One at the last second, and at the time we thought, oh, maybe that's a good win. But you know, now I think that was just avoiding a horrific loss when you look at Carolina. Their other win was over the Steelers at home in a game they were losing at halftime, and you know, I guess I figure if Bailey Zapp can take your Packers to overtime at Lambeau, they can beat the Browns in Cleveland. And then there's the fact that that uh, Belichick was fired by the Browns, and Belichick does hold a grudge. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else he'd rather beat other than maybe the Jets. And actually, since 2001, uh, he is 8-1 and against the Browns. So so this is a WTF game, wrong team favorite. I like, I like the Patriots. Have you, Dave, got yourself a Bailey Zappi jersey yet? I have not. Is he the next Tom Brady? Uh, no, he's not. I guess it can only be one Tom Brady, right? He's like Neo. Dave, um, do you know who one of the biggest Bra- uh, Bailey Zappi supporters were in April? I believe that was that was Robbie. Correct <laughs> Mundo. Correct Mundo. Is Bailey Zappi going to beat up Mac Jones? Um. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit of talk about that. And I, just, I actually, heard there was a scuttlebutt, Dave. You know, actually, in in Vegas, you know they they come up with their power ratings. Uh, you know how much obviously how much each player is worth and obviously quarterback has the highest value and i think the the uh, i'm not sure there's six degrees of separation in vegas power ratings between those two anymore Mm. um but you know we'll see i don't know i mean he's definitely fun to watch yeah i mean you know just wait until they let him throw the deep ball he's actually throws a really nice deep ball might not have the strongest arm but it's kind of like the uh now take this with a grain of salt. Kind of like Tim Tebow, a lot of the stuff didn't look pretty when he threw it, but he did throw a nice deep ball. Zappy throws. Yeah, a nice well, deep I ball. think I think you have to look at the fact that right now he really doesn't so have anyone. Tebow. To, yeah, but right now he doesn't really have anyone to throw it to, uh, and that's a problem. So yeah, you know, I, Dave, I, I, I think like the Bears, they have to retool their offense <laughs> to fit what he does well. The Bears, I don't, I don't see him doing that. Dave, I, I don't like just what's your gut saying this one before we do a, ask you about a college pick. Packers, Jets, Packers, seven and a half point favorites. What's Dave Essler? You know, if they, if they want to give me that hook at seven and a half, I might take the Jets. I, I mean, I hate to, um, but I think that line is, is totally based on um, perception rather than reality. I mean, you know, I, I would feel better about it. I mean, that next week the Packers play Washington, so they're not really looking ahead. I mean, the week after they play Buffalo. Uh, if they play Buffalo next week, I could definitely get behind taking the Jets. But you know the Jets are kind of confident right now. I I don't know uh, I don't know where Green Bay's at after last week. So yeah, I would I, I would I would lean Jets with seven and a half. I mean seven and a half is is a lot of points. You go down the go down the rotation Sunday night and see how many games are decided by more than yeah. a touchdown. Typically not many. Man. <laughs> All right, Dave. College football. What a, another juicy nugget, if you will. Be so kind, sir. Um. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tempt fate here, and I'm gonna take Tennessee. 
plus seven and a half over Alabama. I mean, a caller know. asked us about this earlier today. He said he was scared to touch it. Um, you know, defensively, I mean, everybody's talking about the ball's offense, but defensively, they're uh, uh, those two teams are second and third in points per game allowed, and I think they're third and fifth in points per play. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously the whole thing's predicated on Bryce Young playing, and I'm sure he probably will because, you know, I, I, you don't just all of a sudden recover from a sprained AC joint in your shoulder. But, um, <laughs> you know, if, if, if he's 70%, he's better than what they have. What they have almost lost to Texas A&M. Um, I, I just think at home, uh, the Vols are the 100,000 people. That home field advantage is worth at least three. I looked at that game. The Vols are ranked eighth. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's six degrees of separation there, to be honest with you. I mean, what that line is saying is basically Alabama's ten and a half points better in a neutral field, and I'm not sure they are. And it's probably not a good thing when Bryce Young, yeah, he, he was game-time decision last week. Clearly they need him to be a great college football team, but how about the fact that the third-string quarterback is now liking tweets that the second-string quarterback for Alabama is trash? I'm sure that yeah, goes, I, goes I mean, well in the locker yeah. room. Anybody but Alabama, I'd worry about that. But Saban will, Saban will put the kibosh on that real quick. Um, <laughs> you know, that third string quarterback might be in the transfer portal before the end of the week. Um, Come to Wisconsin. I, I, I thought I, I thought I would like FFU uh, over Clemson, uh, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like Clemson there. I mean, I just you know FSU. Uh, I think they started to read their press clippings. You know. They beat a marginal LSU team, and, uh, you know, that was with obviously a new coach and a new quarterback in their first game, and they gave up 500 yards of offense to Louisville. So, you know, then they, they lose to Wake at home and at NC State. I I just don't – I just – I have to take Clemson or pass. I like the under in that game. We know Clemson can struggle on offense, but I've been one that's sort of been anti-Clemson all year and arguing with their rating, saying there's no way they're the fourth-best team in the nation – and I'm still not sure that they are, but maybe they are. Maybe they are for a reason. Maybe I was wrong. So I, I, I kind of like Clemson there. I don't, you're like never wrong though, Dave. So I don't know. Uh, you keep, you yeah. keep up the good fight. Hey, I was, I was wrong last night. We don't, we don't admit that though. We, we only, we only talk about the wins. That's true. That's true. We I'm only talk about the wins, Dave. So I'm, I, I hit, the, I hit the dump button for you right there. So no one will ever hear that, Dave. Uh, real quick before I let you go. Anything going in the haps, and how has it been for you for Major League Baseball's playoffs? You've been dipping in. Um, no, I've been terrible in the playoffs. I, I don't know what that is. I'm usually very good. I'll defer to Rowdy. Yeah, Rowdy's undefeated in... Yeah, well, 3-1. and one. For, Sorry. There's, again, we don't talk about the losses, though. So he's 3-0. and oh. He's doing good in Major League Baseball's playoffs, Dave. I ended up going with Cleveland tonight. Bieber throws too well on the road. That low total at 6. Also, when you think... I actually think the rain delay helped Cleveland. Rested their bullpen. Class A should be ready to roll couple of their other setup men that were used the last couple of games should be good to go. I, I like Cleveland. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I had Cleveland in the last game on the run line, and I thought with the low total, yada, 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 and, and uh, I think they had as many hits as the Yankees, but not enough of them crossed the plate, so that was a loss. You just yada, yada, yada over the best part, Dave. I know. I know. <laughs> hey, Dave, we golfing today? We are not. Well. Neither it, am I. It's but too cold. It, it's too it, cold. It's chilly. It's chilly. It's going to be in the yeah, mid-70s. Mid, yeah, go after yourself, Dave. What is it? It's 47 <laughs> high today. 
Woke up, it was like, I woke up, Dave, my heat kicked on. It woke me up. I'm like, what's going on here? It was my stupid Nest smart, quote-unquote, smart thermostat kicked on for the first time this So I guess year. what you're saying is you're not turning your balls anytime soon. <sighs> what? I actually got one in earlier this week, Dave, but yeah, I think the balls are going to be put back in uh, for the season. We'll see, though. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for you. I'm coming down the floor, though. We'll, can, we can do it together, all right? If you do that, I'll do it. All right, sounds good. I'll see you soon, Dave. All right, you <laughs> see you, buddy. There is Dave Esler, pregame doc. It's a very young football team that we're playing, but they've got a ton of talent, and you can see it. And I think it's a matter of time before they really hit their stride. I, again, I know, obviously, a lot of familiarity with, with the coaching staff. There are guys that I got a ton of respect for that I know that are going to do a great job of coaching their guys up. And when you do that and you get talent, you know, you, you got a chance to be pretty good. Matt LaFleur, less grumpy, doesn't have to travel to cross the pond to London. At home, Lambeau Jets coming in. We talked to the man, the myth, the legend himself now about it, Mike Lemons. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Evo. Rowdy, uh, a week ago, going into the Giants game, I said, you know, here's what I'd really like to see. Now the Packers coming off that uh, overtime win against uh, the Patriots. Uh, here's where I'd like to see them make progress in. Uh, one would be turnovers. They, they need to improve on turnovers. Uh, two uh, would be uh, getting Christian Watson the football. Uh, and three would be uh, uh, more feeling better when it comes up to kickoff returns. So uh, turnovers, uh, they still are like near the last in the league. Uh, Christian Watson's out with a hamstring injury <laughs> after <laughs> trying to return a couple kicks. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, the stuff with the special teams continues. So we talked to Darnell Savage about this. Um, you know, with those two long drives that the defense gave up and they just couldn't find a way to get off the field. And then when they did get it to third down and you got Rasul Douglas, you know, taking that ball carrier and throwing him over his hip and getting a roughness call and keeping a drive alive for, you know, the Giants team. Um, it's been a real quiet locker room. I, you know, I think I talked to one player yesterday who said, you know what? It's it's like we went to a bowl game and lost, you know. <laughs> you know, we go to London and all these Packer fans are everywhere and we're you know everyone's showing us a great time and we stay in this great place and then you stink it up on the field. And they, this is a different kind of a loss. So Darnell Savage is stepping up a little bit more as a guy to talk to in the media cuz he had he, you know he barely wanted to say a sentence or two in his first year or two. Let you know. Let the veteran Amos handle all that. So we talked to the safety about that and said, "Look, so the Jets have got seven interceptions, and you know, you guys only have one. The one time that Jair picked off the Bears. So you know, does when you're in this zone defense and you're playing way off these receivers, how does that allow you guys to jump around and and maybe get a pick?" Oh, yeah, it's definitely a balance. You know, it's all about discipline and, and reading your keys and all that kind of stuff. You know, you just can't, you can't just go rogue within the defense and, and uh, be trying to make plays. You know, you leave somebody else out uh, kind of hanging to dry. So, um, you know, we're going to keep doing our job and just let our plays come to us. Mike, this defense on paper coming into the season, like top five, could be the best defense in the league. They have how many interceptions, you said? One. And everybody picks off the Bears and Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean that's like that's like taking candy from a baby. That's nothing. Right, right. Yeah. No, you could play, a junior high team could uh, play the Bears right now and probably get three picks. Our but, blind collar Dave from Monona could do it. Yeah. 
Have you guys enjoyed the Ron Rivera uh, tape yet today? Mm-hmm. I'll see if I can scratch that up for you. Yeah. Uh, Riverboat Ron, he's, he's funny, man. He's going through with those quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I was actually, Mike, I, I thought it was kind of, it was interesting that you described or some of the players described London as a bowl game because we had a caller call in last week and say, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to treat this as a bowl game. He's going to go over there sightseeing and doing all this other stuff. Yeah. And, and then you just repeated it. Yeah, no. You know, and it's a it's a kid actually had not been to a bowl game from his college and that's obviously that's maybe what some of the players are saying like, you know, once they landed there, you know, the team meeting Saturday night. So, uh, the the next thing is this, um Here's one other statement about that. You know, LaFleur came after the Jennings game and said, you know, we got outcoached. But I'm telling you, after watching that tape three times, they got outplayed. They got outplayed. The Giants smashed them in the mouth. They had a different level of energy on every play. They had their setbacks and mistakes as well. And then they came back, and they tried all kinds of different plays. And then you got Saquon Barkley back there still in the Wildcat, <laughs> even though Daniel Jones were doing pretty good. Okay. And so I said to the Packers offensive coordinator last night, I said, Adam, you know, hey, nice job on that, dr- that touchdown drive you had, you know, about the third drive where you go down the field, and then you've got that, like, triple – uh, misdirection, and then you lop it to a, a wide-open Mercedes Lewis, right? That's the kind of scheming you expect these Packers under Matt Wolfler to come up with. So it's like, where are those plays when you're three and out in the second half, when you've been standing on the sidelines right. for 11 plays and 15 plays? Where's that creativity? Because I said, you know, when Joe Philbin got to be the interim head coach in 2018 for like four games, after two or three games, the season was over with, mm-hmm. right? And so, so Philbin was asked, why don't you guys just have some fun, you know, run some wildcat or something? And you know what Philbin said? Why would we ever want to take 12 off the field? <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. There it is. You've got to embrace and, the wildcat. Embrace the wildcat. Yeah, and Stenovich is like, well, I don't think you understand. I mean, that, that play to Mercedes was for, designed for the goal line. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. So getting back to the secondary situation, uh, you asked Jerry Gray about, you know, so Rasul Douglas comes in off the street, plays corner when Jair goes down with the long-term injury, the shoulder injury, and he's got like three or four picks, and he ends up getting a contract out of the deal. They came in saying, all right, now we got Jair back. We got speedy young Eric Stokes on the other corner. So we'll move this tough guy, Rasul Douglas, into the slot, and we'll give him a contract, right? Well, they, got no, they got no picks. So Jerry Gray, the secondary coach, was asked, maybe you should move Rasul Douglas back to outside at corner. Well, I mean, to me, I think that's one thing that we got to see. If, if, we, if he make plays inside, then he'll be better inside. If he starts making plays outside, we'll put him back outside. So uh, I think that's the biggest thing that we got to do is find out what he's really, really good at and what we're good at for our team, not just for one person. Sure, I, know, I know what your defense is and what you guys are trying to do. You know, it's how it's run and you play a lot of zone. But how do you be an aggressive defensive back in that system? Well, uh, I know Coach Barry is going to be up here, and he's an architect, and he's a defensive coordinator. So I know you'll get those questions tomorrow, and he'll, he'll answer those.
Man, <laughs> he's that's Joe, man. He passed out to Joe Barry. He's like, no, thank you. That's that's for Joe. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir. Like, then why man. are you on the podium fielding questions then? And here's the other thing too. You just gave Rasul Douglas a big contract, and you're still trying to figure out where he's best. What? What's going the on? Like, the outside. Like, okay, he made a bunch of plays last year on the outside. So we're yeah. going to give him a big contract move to the inside. Then we're asked why he's not making plays uh, back on the outside. They're like, well, you got to ask the defensive coordinator that. What? It's, what? Not, it's not week six of training camp. It's week six of the regular season. What is season. going on, dude? So Joe Barry then, he came in and took these questions, you know, head on and was asked. That, so let's keep this in mind. You got Jair Alexander on the left at corner. You got Eric Stokes at the right corner. You got Rasul in the slot playing the nickelback, and then back there, when everybody's healthy, it's Adrian Amos and uh, Darnell Savage Jr. And when uh, Amos had that concussion, then he brought in this Rudy Ford guy, you know, one of these guys that, you know, Basaccio wanted to bring in, uh, and he did a pretty good job as a, as a backup safety. So you asked Joe Barry, would you consider moving Rasul Douglas back outside the corner? Love to be able to get to that, and as I've told you guys before, you know we feel that we have multiple guys that can play the nickel. Job being one of them, uh, Darnell being one of them. Jaw's availability just hasn't hasn't been there, um, so we've almost been forced to play Rasul inside. But we feel that we have a number of guys that we can stick in there. I think obviously with Sav being able to us be able to move him around, Savage isn't one of our two safeties. In order to move him, um, we have to put someone in at safety, and I think uh, Rudy Ford has 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 proven that he's, uh, you know, when he did have to go in and play against New England, he's getting more and more comfortable. Um, so obviously, the ability to be able to move Darnell around at other positions and be able to put Ford in the game, for example, again back to availability, just having those guys available to be able to do that's going to help. Did he even answer the question? Well, what he said, what he said was he said a lot. He said a lot of things. What he 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 would notice what he said was like, hey, we we kind of like Rudy Ford. Maybe we move Savage and we could put Rudy in there at safety. And uh, yeah, we'll put uh, Rasul out there at corner. Okay, so if you got Rasul and Jair at corner, uh, what did you just do with Eric Stokes? (laughs) Hello, what's going on, Mike? And so well. And you know what? And then somebody asked him later about how it was, oh, what do you think Eric Stokes? You know, he's a second-year player. So maybe maybe this comes down to Stokes that's making these mistakes in the zone and not necessarily one of the other guys. It was, you know, it was interesting. It was uh, addition by subtraction kind of a thing last night. So uh, you guys are talking about special teams and um, – you know, Amari Rogers was supposed to be the next Randall Cobb. As a matter of fact, when he was a kid growing up in Kentucky, his dad yeah. was Randall's coach at Kentucky. So it's almost like he's part of the family and was uh, a heritage kind of a player. Well, he started out strong, but then when they signed Randall, he just sort of fell in the back, and they tried to find him a spot as a returner. And he just doesn't seem to be progressing in terms of a weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and about a month ago at this time, Aaron was asked, hey, how's Amari Rodgers coming there at, uh, at wide receiver? Aaron, what's your outlook on Amari Rodgers and where he fits on this offense? Because last year he was pretty non-existent, and then last week he didn't, he didn't get out there for an offensive snap. Yeah, he's returning for us right now. That's all I got on it. I mean, that's the kiss of death, Mike. Like, how, like that's... <laughs> that's, that's 
<laughs> I mean, he takes a sip of water. He's like, "What do? I, how carefully can I say this?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "That's the kiss of death from Aaron Rodgers." No. Like, let's get this guy out of here. I almost did a spit take right yeah. here, and I'm about That's two feet. One away of the funniest Aaron Rodgers clips of all time. Because I know what. <laughs> No, it's, and it's how he sips the water, you know, <laughs> in between. Yeah, he's uh, That's all I can say. Very so, uh, so you know, Mari's back there, and now we asked Rich Bisaccia about this, and he said, hey, listen, I'm not going to blank can this kid yet, all right? Because I think when we grade him out, most of the time he's making the right decision. Uh, and, yeah, he's had one muff, and he's, you know, had the fumble. But, uh, you know, we still think that maybe he can make some progress there. Oh, by the way, though, with Christian Watson, who we moved in at kick return because Amari Rogers wasn't doing anything with that, and then he has the hamstring, uh, we bought in uh, Keyshawn Nixon, another one of these Basaccia guys, another one of these guys that you know can play some special teams for you, can fill in as a defensive back, and don't be surprised if you see Keyshawn Nixon. And like Rowdy was talking about, Kylan Hill, yeah. who was like a number three running back that – they put in at kick return last year, and he's doing a really nice job until he had suffered that torn ACL and a huge collision in the game against the Cardinals. He got back on the practice field this week, so give him a couple more weeks to come back from that ACL. You know, they'd love to give him a look. So, um, Mike, <laughs> did you have a special Yeah, I just ready? had a question before you got into the special teams. I, it just doesn't make sense with the players that you have at, uh, well, especially at corner in the secondary. When they drafted Eric Stokes, remember the profile and Eric Stokes was runs a four three fast as hell can stick with the fastest receivers. Yeah, why would you put that guy in a zone if he's that fast? Good point. This why, why why and they they claim you cannot run zone and have one guy man up on Justin Jefferson that it screws up everybody else in the back. I just um, <clears throat> I, has anybody ever watched the Patriots shut down people yeah. when they figure out all your routes? You know, and you have to make adjustments, and you have to make changes. And if you start, you know, if if your if the opponent starts running crossing routes, well, you know, then that's when you've got to maybe set up a zone. Uh, and if you've got one premier receiver, you got to have a guy that spies on him. They used to call it a spy. So, um, you know, I can't take it any further than that. Lafleur yeah. seems to back up that, but Lafleur talks about an aggressiveness. And and I mean, I asked Joe Barry about this. I said, "How can you, how can you be? Are are you taking away the instinctive play? That if uh, sure I'm in zone, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I just saw this formation. I saw this motion. I'm telling you, I'm 99 percent sure this is the play that's going to happen. Man, I'm going to jump the route. I'm going to jump the route. I'm going to get a pick. Or or, or you know what? I see this wide open, and 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 if I'm on Jair, screw the zone. I'm going after the quarterback. I'm going to go sack the quarterback. And he says, and Joe says, I don't want guys to be robots back there. Okay, sure, I don't want to take that away from them, but I also don't want them to go rogue. And you know that first quote we played from Darnell Savage? Yeah, he said that he's talking what the coach said. Well, you know, we standard. We don't want guys going rogue, so that's the way they. That's the way they're playing it right now. God. All right, Mike. Well, hopefully, I mean, I think Darnell Savage also has if it's a get-right game coming up here against the Jets. I don't know if it's a get-right game because the Packers seem a little disjointed. Hopefully it is a get-right game. But on the flip side of things, Packers, what, they had joint practices with the Jets last year, correct? And wasn't Zach Wilson like fawning over Aaron Rodgers? 
Well, you know, yeah, you know, as it turns out, he's a 23-year-old kid, and he mentioned when he was here in Green Bay last year, you know, that he was a fan of Rodgers, and it was pretty cool for him to get a chance. For, you know, Aaron went over and talked to those guys at length. I, I posted some pictures uh, of those guys having these long conversations in between breaks during the joint practices, which were great. And, you know, of course, these coaches are, you know, friends. I mean, hell, the offensive coordinator is the younger brother of, of LeFleur. So Zach Wilson was asked yesterday by one of the New York reporters. He's just 23 years old. Um, so you're a huge fan of Rodgers. Did you tell Aaron that when you were in Green Bay last summer? I don't know if I've ever mentioned that to him, you know, but, you know, I've been watching him since I was, you know, a little kid, you know, I was trying to re- replicate the way he throws, the way he plays the game. So, I mean, really just, I, you know, as long as I can remember playing football, you know, I always, I was a big, I was a big fan of just, you know, we didn't have an NFL team in Utah. And so I wouldn't say I was a Packers fan, but I was just an Aaron Rodgers fan. I, I just grew up watching him and I always like to watch their games because of him and just kind of where he was at. And um, he's just a quarterback I tried to like, you know, replicate and steal things from. And, you know, I like the way he plays the game. So, you know, I'd probably say, you know, since I can remember, you know, 13, 13 years old once I got into football. Yeah, but uh, did he have an eye for his mom? A good thing Rogers, you know, that you know, Creepy. Like, really creepy. creepy. Hey, family stuff, though, big family affair coming up in a different connotation because Matt LaFleur, his buddies, Robert Sala in the wedding, best friends, and his brother, his younger brother, is the OC for the Jets, yes? Offensive coordinator because Mike LaFleur and Sala work together. Uh, for Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers staff when that team went to the, the Super Bowl, and I got a chance to talk to both of those guys when you know because Bill takes the Bill Michaels takes the show to the Super Bowl every year, and sometimes the Super Bowl is the best chance. Like on a Thursday afternoon, you sit in this ballroom and have coffee and croissants and talk to these guys for like an hour. It was outstanding. <laughs> talk to both of those guys. So I had these two questions in mind. One was this: All right, you got a player like Amari Rogers, or you know you. There's guys that, you know, Rodgers is talking about, like Joanna Winfrey. Why did he disappear off the radar screen? So as you're a head coach, you know, it's like it's like high school in the principal's office. If you've got a troubled kid, can the teacher take care of it? Can the counselor take care of it? Because coming to the principal's office should be the last resort. Right. And so I asked LaFleur a little bit about that, and I also said to him, hey, you know, I got to talk to your brother Mike when he was with the 49ers, and I said, what's the difference between you and your brother? And he said, Matt's the more serious one. <laughs> and, and here's what LaFleur had to say. Who, my brother? My brother, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd say so. I, 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 much more mature and better looking, right? If you've got a, a player you still believe has got a lot of potential, but you're just not seeing the consistency on game day, I know that you don't hesitate to fix things at practice when it comes to technique, but... What's the balance between having your position coach get that fixed and then when it's time for the head coach to step in? Yeah, I think that's it's totally dependent on the situation. We play an imperfect game. This is an imperfect game. Mistakes are going to be made. And I think it's a fine line be, be, between overcoaching and letting a guy grow through whatever the process is. Uh, all these guys pick it up at, at a different pace. And certainly you're always going to, identify and correct mistakes but there's also a point where you overcoach at times and can it can be debilitating for guys so i would tell you this the the thing that i would love to see from our team is can you just go as fast as you can do whatever you think is right in the moment and do it 100 miles an hour 
And then if you make a mistake, so what? We'll get it corrected. Now, the, the caveat to that is you can't make repeatable mistakes. You've got to fix whatever it is and then move on. Mike, let's hope that LaFleur, who has struggled against his friends and some of his family, gets it right for the Packers coming up here on Sunday and best the best man in his wedding, Robert Sala, as well as his brother, Mike. I think that'd be Absolutely. Good, for Absolutely. The, good for the Packers. Mike, we love you, man. Thanks so much for the time. And uh, we'll keep checking out you know, Bill Michael's show next week when we talk to you Tuesday. Thank you, boys. Appreciate it. See you, buddy. Mike, NF, uh, Mike Clemens, NFL. Oh, I love my Fridays. Well, you got the weekend. I'm here. Rowdy and I are going to be at Pooley's 4 to 6 tonight. Come check us out. Happy hour is crazy awesome there. But also my Fridays because I uh, get to talk to this handsome cat right here. Our gambler to the stars, Raphael, mybookie.ag, Doc Sports. Raphael, what's up, brother? Not much. What's going on with you guys? Uh, I'm very concerned, Raphael, about the state of uh, Amazon Prime and their football affairs. Did you watch the great debacle at Soldier Field with the commanders winning, what was it, 12 to 7? I think that was the final. If you bet my prop, will I watch over under two and a half minutes of Thursday Night Football last night? If you bet the under, you're a winner because I did not watch not one snap of the football game last night. So you cashed that ticket. But yeah, what it's it was terrible. I'm done. I'm done with Thursday Night Football. I don't care who's playing. I don't care if it's the Bills and Chiefs playing Thursday Night Football. I'm done. Put two Monday night games. Let the Amazon Prime have one of the Monday night games and give them a billion dollars. Uh, I watched Halloween end last night for the third time. Oh, okay. Halloween ends. No, it is spooky season, Raphael. I would. Re- what is the worst of all the Halloween movies? Because there's a lot of bad ones out there. I would rather oh. watch whatever the worst Halloween movie is as opposed to the Bears Commanders yesterday. Was- I would say the second Rob Zombie Halloween 2 was pretty bad. I thought Rob Zombie's first one, Halloween 1, I thought was much better. Halloween 2, uh, he made Michael Myers like nine feet tall. So I, th- I thought 2, but... I mean, anytime you get uh, Halloween 6, 7, eight, I mean, they're pretty bad, uh, the, the bigger ones they go. I think the worst one I've ever seen for that. Okay, kind of I'm, with, I'm with Raph on this one. I've seen Rob Zombie's first Halloween, and I thought that was all right. I never saw two. Yeah, Pre- don't see. Don't watch two. Was it Predator and Alien in Space? Was uh, Yes, that, that, was, that was pretty bad. That was that was bad. That was that was up for an Arazi. I mean, Arazi where that one was. So uh, look at all this movie knowledge I'm dropping on you guys. Hey, with its spooky so, season, Raphael, who is your favorite, um, like, Halloween villain? Or Oh, you know? it's it's got to be Michael Myers, and not because of who he is in the mask. It's all about the music when it comes to my if – if Michael Myers comes – if I saw him in my backyard and all of a sudden I heard the music, I'd probably uh, poop myself. <laughs> well, you know, it's a William Shatner mask. You know that, right? Yes, it's a worm. I've seen all the documentaries of Halloween. And I highly recommend watching the first, uh, I think it's on HBO, a documentary of uh, Halloween. It's very, very interesting. He's coming for you, Raphael. How, greatest, how, it's the greatest music. How was Halloween Ends, by the way? Is it, is it really the last one, or is it like Michael Myers and that will never die? It's the last one for... Uh, Jamie Lee? Uh, Jamie Lee, but uh, it's a lot, it's really more mentally towards the ending. I've seen two alternate endings. It's a funny story. I got sent the movie, watched it a couple days ago. That was really good. And then the email I got from the guy that sent it to me said, there, the new one that's on uh, Peacock tonight has a, has a different ending that you watch. So I had to watch two different endings. Is it good? Both of them were good, but uh, I like how they ended this one. Very, very mental. Very psychological, okay. this one. cool. Hey, Raph, uh, something that's mental and psychological has been my Packer fandom uh, these past couple of weeks. has been putting me through the ringer. So, Raph, 
public perception through the eyes of a you know the Vegas line setter and gambler that you are and you know brilliant man when it comes to the eyes of you guys. Are Packer fans suckers? Like, we had another guy on earlier today, Dave Essler, and he said seven and a half going to the Packers over the Jets. He's like, Packer fans don't live in reality. They live in their own perceptions of what the Packers are. Are we suckers when it comes to the eyes of Vegas? Uh, I don't want to say suckers. You guys are just big fan bases and big betters when it comes to your team. We've had this discussion. Wisconsin Badgers always get big money. Uh, Green Bay Packers always get big money. So I don't want to say suckers. You're just a huge fan base that loves to bet on your team. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say suckers. Uh, I would say don't bet the Packers at seven and a half. It's just an awful number on uh, the way they've been playing. I like the over. If you're going to take the Packers, take the over. Cause uh, I think both teams are going to be able to score points. <laughs> okay. Okay. Raphael. Hey, so um, have you been doing any MVP odds uh, updating for that stuff for the NFL? Uh, I, they usually update those on on Monday right after. I take a peek on that because I, you know me, I'm like, working. Because I want to know, like, Geno Smith is like the best quarterback in the NFL right now, which is insane. Like, do you guys get money on Geno Smith? That's what I was kind of going with this. Like, are you like, no, there's no way. Yes, but we got pounded on him on week two for comeback player of the year. Uh, really? You know, because everyone was betting. Uh, Jameis, Michael Thomas. Everyone was betting. Uh, uh, I think it's gonna be between Barkley. And uh, Gino, I would have to say, I, I would say uh, Barkley over Gino right now because I think the Seattle uh, founder off. As long as Barkley stays healthy, I would not be shocked if we hear MVP uh, stuff for Barkley because he's the reason why the Giants are four and one. Yeah, and there's a reason why they beat the Packers in freaking London, man. Uh, I didn't say that. I didn't say. I didn't. I, that. I, I'm trying that. to get over it. You know, the best way is to keep talking through it. You know, so uh, Rav, looking at. Uh, the collegiate rank. So w- when a coach is fired midseason, uh, what does that do to you guys in Vegas and setting the line? Because I see Wisconsin is favored by, was it seven, Rowdy, against Michigan State? Seven over Michigan State. Uh, when you have a coach get fired and like there's a new jolt of like interim head coach Jim Leonard, does that do anything for a line? Or do you guys, like, what do you guys do? Not for their second game. Their first game against Northwestern. I mean, it was just a perfect storm for Wisconsin betters. They're playing a horrible Northwestern team. Uh, you figured the team will want to rally up for both coaches, the coach that left and the coaches there and now. So last week uh, was a little bit uh, rough for us. This week, it, it's back to normalcy. No one even remembers. Uh, betters don't even remember that that coach got fired. They just say, ooh, they won Northwestern last week. Let's bet it on Wisconsin. But yeah, so it's nothing in there. But I think the number is uh, right. If it stays at seven, I think it's a good number. If it creeps up, which I have a feeling a lot of money coming in with Wisconsin, especially at the time slot at 4 p.m., you figure more Badger money will come in all morning. It's probably going to move to seven and a half or eight. Yeah, okay, we were talking about this earlier today. Big matchup, 3-6, Alabama-Tennessee with the, the Crimson Tide by seven. What do you think of this this game? Uh, I like Tennessee. Uh, give me those great jerseys uh, tomorrow. I, I think just think their offense will we'll be able to put up points against uh, Alabama, who had trouble putting away A&M, and they've always, always had trouble with dual-back quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks that like to run. Look, remember uh, Johnny Money ran all over them and beat uh, Alabama. I like Tennessee plus the points. Okay, okay, Raphael, I got you. And uh, I was thinking about this as well, Major League Baseball's playoffs. Uh, Rowdy over here, big Braves guy, he's chopping on. Our other guy over here, Benjamin from Philadelphia, big Phillies fan. Who does Raphael uh, have uh, going um, today? Phil's Braves, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm, I'm in the Crescent City of NOLA, so I have to go with NOLA uh, today. I, I think the Phillies win one game at home, and this is their game, NOLA. I think uh, I'll pitch Strider, who just, who's just been announced as the Braves uh, starter. So uh, give me NOLA tonight, but I still think the Braves win this series. I think they win in five. Mm, 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 mm. 
Well, we'll see if the chops on here. And Raph, before I let you go, some uh, any other besides the Halloween ends? Any other entertainment prop bets you've been working on, my brother? Uh, just finishing up some Deadpool three uh, ads. Is Wolverine uh, in that or something? Yes, Wolverine is in that. But I've I've done some prop bets with uh, with the, with his TV show uh, Rexum. So I have Will Deadpool wear a Rexum jersey and, and the movie. How many times will Rexum uh, be mentioned in it? Uh, so I've, I've done some uh, some which is a very good TV show. Welcome to Rexum. I, I highly recommend watching that on FX. But and I'll probably do some other stuff over the week. I got some NXT Halloween Havoc ads I got to do. So you know me, I always got to do something. You know, you know me, it's still same old G. And Raph, one last thing. Today is the it's already out, but the finale for uh, the first season of Rings of Power. I've I've actually from not having any expectations going into the show. I love I've been loving it. Is did you have any prop bets out for Ring of Power? I haven't seen it yet. The last episode. Did you have anything out for it for the final episode? Mm-hmm. No, because some of those, uh, they, the way they were releasing them, that the, the ending was announced, I think, last month. So I didn't want to put anything oh, okay, out gotcha. the, the ending on that. But I will be doing stuff for the next one that comes out because I think that they signed for three years. Yeah. Did you watch uh, the finale? I'm too behind on that one. Unbelievable, so, uh, Raphael. It's, yeah, but but it's hey, good. I get to so much other stuff I got to crappy watch. What's I, the, finished, what's the, I can't even finish all the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. Yeah, what do you think of that show? What are you thinking of it? My wife thinks it's too creepy for her. I, I love it. I mean, because that was my era. I remember I was living in the Midwest. Well, it was closer to you guys more than me. Yeah, but yeah, I just be, I just remember living uh, living through all that in the Midwest. Man. All right, Raph. We love you, buddy. We'll follow along. VSI Doc Sports on Twitter. And um, you got your Saints post game Sunday? Yes, yeah, Sunday. Sunday. Good luck, brother. And good luck drinking that uh, the beer they force you to drink. Take it easy, guys. <laughs> See you, homie. See you, Raphael.